Uh, today is a unique day. Uh, it's, it's Vision Sunday. It's one kind of day a year. They say that vision leaks, that over the course of time, you just constantly hear the vision of who we are and what we're doing. If you've been through our DNA sessions, you've heard part of our story and different aspects of the vision and where we feel like God's carrying us. And so that, a lot of that leaks. But we take one Sunday out of the year, and, and we just stop, and, and I just cast vision and just share just the depths of my heart about who we're called to be and why we've all come together, why you felt drawn to this church with this weird name and this weird building, you know what I mean? And just this random, seemingly random um, at times, but God has drawn us together for a specific purpose, and that's what I want to gather us around this morning. Um, so you guys know, we shared last week, we're pregnant with our third kid. We're excited. Three-year anniversary, we announced we're having our third kid, so that's fun. Um, but let me take you back to when we had our, um, our second child, uh, Camden, and uh, before, like when he was, when Taryn was pregnant with Camden, uh, we were down in Fort Myers doing like a, an extended weekend and just family vacation, me, Taryn, and Beckett. And we took Beckett to see his first movie. But on the way, before we went to his first movie, we argued about names the entire time. And you guys know, that know me and Taryn know that we don't argue a ton. Like we, we get along pretty good. We're both peacemakers. But we literally were back and forth. It, 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 if you see her today, you just need to give her a hug and say, bless your heart. I'm praying for you because you're married to him. That has got to be rough. Like, you just need to give her a hug and encouragement today because she comes up with this great list of names. Any ladies in the house know what I'm talking about? Any of the guys know what I'm talking about? The lady comes up with all this list of names, and I'm this person. Like, it's a beautiful name. It's just not my kid's name. You know what I mean? It might be your kid's name, and it's great, but it's not my kid's name. And so she would just name them off, list them off, and I'm like, nope. Nope, hate it, nope, nope. And we just go through this and back and forth. And she's just like, I can't win for losing. So we go to see Despicable Me 2, Beckett's you know, first movie. And uh, he eats popcorn. He's just glued to it and just like watching. And uh, we get out of the movie and he starts, he's like, can we go to another movie? Like he literally wants to walk out and go into another one, fill up the popcorn and go for it. And he just falls to pieces crying. And it's just like, oh my gosh, dude, you're, you're losing it. Um, and, and so it was so funny uh, of a situation. So we, we go to the dinner. We, like, dragged him away from the movies. Go to dinner. We're sitting down eating pizza. Her parents, her, her father's from Maine, coastal Maine, and uh, not from coastal Maine, but they were in coastal Maine at the time. They're in Camden, Maine, which is one of Taryn's just the most beautiful place. We went there this summer and took Camden, got pictures and stuff of him in Camden, Maine, the, the place that he was named after. And we're like, hey, where are you guys at? How's your vacation going? And they're like, we're in Camden. And I was just like, light bulb. And so we, we named uh, Camden after that, that city. And that's kind of how his name came to be. Many of the parents in the room were, or you as kids, like you have a story behind your name, right? Like oh, it was your parents' favorite soap opera. So you got named off that or Gone with the Wind or, or you name it. You got named after something. And many of you may wonder like what, where did our name come from as a church? And I want to I've never done this before. I've shared many times about the meaning of our name, but I don't know that I've ever shared the, the depths of, of why God has branded us that way. And I don't mean in like a marketing branding. I mean like literally stamped us with like his call into the city with this name. And I actually, I'm going to do something I've never done. I just want to unpack that a little bit and then share just um, later in the message of just how we're fulfilling the mission of God that he's called us to um, to carry out this vision. And so it started um, years back. Um, I, I felt called to, to plant a church, and, and while I'm, I'm telling about kind of stuff that went on behind the scenes between Taryn and I, let me just tell you one more. When I first told her that I felt called to plant a church, she, she, had, she wept. 
she wept. And it was not in like a me too. It was like in a no thanks kind of way. Um, that, that, that This was a scary, scary call of God. But uh, over the course of time, God began to reveal that to her. And we've at, we would just, at, at one point um, when we were serving on staff at another church, we looked at each other and we just, without saying anything, we knew that God was calling us into something, uh, uncharted waters, to, to, to take a bold faith step. And so we left. We ended up leaving. We released a big like, album that day, and it was cool, and it was kind of like a weird time to leave, but we left on that, and uh, our pastor had known for a year. And uh, I told Taryn, we're going to be gone for a month. We're going to tour on the road for a month. We're going to meet with pastors and churches and just develop part- partners that would help us survive, and thank God for those partners, because they have literally helped us survive in these first two to three years. And um, So anyway, we're meeting and, and, and doing all that stuff. So I'm driving through Tampa, my hometown, or, or right near it, and uh, we pull up behind this truck, and across the back of the truck, it says Fathom in, like, big, bold letters. And I don't know about you, but for me, Fathom was not a word I used or ever thought about, like, literally, ever. It was not on my radar, but it was something that God, was, it was like a light bulb that God said, that's your name. And I'm like, Taryn, do you like that? And she's like, yeah, it's a little weird, but yeah, I like it, <laughs> you know. And, and you probably never used that word very much, or rarely, until you, you heard about the church. And so it was like, okay. I don't use it, so I don't even know how to, like, what it means necessarily. I mean, I know it kind of means to understand, but I just began to explore that, and God had just, it was kind of like, bam, on the back of a truck, might as well have been on a billboard or something, because it was just there, and that was who God had called us to be. So we began to kind of explore what that was, and I kind of want to talk kind of about the three, I feel like, um, essence of what that means and how that's so deeply connected to our mission. And and more than just our mission as a church, I, I believe and I don't think I'd be out of turn, I believe if you begin to listen and, and, and have some introspection to this, that you'll find that in the depths of your heart, this resonates, and I, would, I believe that's why you've been drawn to this place, that there are things about who we are and who we are called to be in this mission, how God has branded us, that you are branded the same way by your experiences, and so I want you to just open your heart to how God might speak to that. So when I began to think about the, this word fathom, the first thing I thought was understand, or something's unfathomable, or okay, understand, and so I'm like, okay, understand church, that sounds a little bit weird, you know, just to think about it like that, but I began to digest that and, and kind of deal with some things that I'd always kind of been a burden. God, I'd grown up in the church, and many of us that grew up in the church, like we came out a little jaded, anybody know what I'm talking about? Came out a little bit jaded, and came out a little bit, um, I don't know, sometimes we're just weirdos, right? Um, and, and so, uh, but God had not, had not molded me in that way. Those things had not happened to me. He gave me actually a deep, deep love for the church. When many of my friends were turning their back on the church, God was just igniting a fire and love for the church because I saw this great kind of dichotomy and, and paradox of people who said, I want Jesus, I want to know God. There is a God, but this people thing, this church thing, I can live without. But the thing is, like, if we love Jesus, like, then we should love what Jesus loves, and Jesus loved the church and gave himself for the church, right? So if we're going to love Jesus, we gotta, you can't take the head without the body, you can't take the groom without the, the bride. And so it, it's taken the whole thing, and so that was a deep passion of mine as I saw this kind of paradox and brokenness in many of us, that we kind of felt that. We felt disconnected and just difficult to understand the church. I love it, I just don't want to understand and kind of know how it goes, because God wants us to have a deeper understanding of what the church is more than fellowship in the fellowship time and worship during the song time and in this religious coming and going. God wants so much more for us to be connected to his body and what the church is really about. 
And so that's been a passion of mine. And you've probably felt some tension in that in your own life of just kind of this weird relationship sometimes we have with the church. But as I begin to pray about that and think about, okay, God, like this is what you've called us to. How are we going to, how are we going to do that? Like I, I'm not just going to like start on a street corner and just start teaching people like what it is the church is. So God really brought me to the scriptures. And out of looking at the scriptures and the life of Jesus and who Jesus was and who he had called the church to be and what it meant to, to follow him that really birthed our core values. First, in unconditional love, that God really told me that if we're going to help people understand the church, first they've got to trust the church. A lot of people just don't trust the church. Whether there was a scandal that happened in their church or they've heard about it on the news and they assume that every pastor has a, a, a trillion dollar jet, right, that he's raising money for. That we just have, there's, so, there's so much that kind of fogs our relationship with the church and it leaves us jaded and not trusting. And so trust is a big deal. And that's something we've been laboring in, whether we ever talk about that. That is something we've been laboring in with you that have been a part of our church. That is something we've been laboring in in our community as people don't trust the church. And so I really felt like that was something that we had to kind of go through. And so we looked at really these three core values were birthed out of that, out of looking at the scripture. First, unconditional love, that we love because Jesus first loved us. We love people right where they're at because Jesus takes us just as we are, not as the future better version of ourselves, but as the broken, like messed up sinner on the cross. And, and he says, you know, if you believe, then you'll be in the kingdom. It, it, it's just that kind of unconditional when Jesus is hanging and he's willing to extend grace even to the sinner next to him. It's that unconditional love. So we love because he first loved us. And then and then authentic community, just being an honest place. I mean, last week, for these, those of you here that are three-year anniversary, um, and for those of you that weren't, I'll tell the story again because it's hilarious. I wore my bedroom slippers all day long. I wore them onto the stage and realized it and said, you know what? I completely forgot to change in my boots. I'm wearing my house slippers today. And I thought it was hilarious. People were like, it's no big deal. We didn't even notice. But it's just that kind of honesty and transparency that throughout the body that you've help create that culture of authenticity. Because I don't know about you, but most of us, we can smell a fake from a mile away, right? In business, you know it. The guy comes in, got a big smile, not just guys, girls too. Big smile, like, hey man, great to meet you. And like really just kind of buttering you up. And sometimes we feel that in church too. So we wanted this place to be authentic because really, as we look at Jesus sending out the disciples, they didn't go alone. No disciple walks alone. So if you're walking the journey alone, that's not God's intention. When Christ sent out the disciples, he sent them out two by two, that no disciple would walk alone. So that's important to us, that you do life in community. And, that, and then doing that in an honest and authentic way is really important, or else everything is built on lies. And then service. We say that this kind of quote that we share around, greatness is poured out in the small things. Some of you guys have a shirt from that for a, a service outreach we did uh, months back. Greatness is poured out in the small things. Jesus said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, then you better learn to be the least. You better learn to be the servant of all. If you want to be the first, you better be the last. And he just kind of turned the leadership paradigm up on its head as he got up from the table and wrapped a towel around his waist and washed the feet of the men that he labored with and the men that were following him and serving him. He washed their feet. Jesus flipped the paradigm on its head of what leadership was. And all these things I've found that are building trust. And before we can kind of help to people to understand that, we, we labor in these things that Jesus set an example for and has called us to walk in. 
And as we do those, we are building trust in people. And as we are doing that, there is understanding taking place in our lives. Second kind of element that I felt like as I began to explore this idea of the word fathom and what that meant, I found that it's used in like coastal terms. I'm like, that's kind of neat. Because we knew we were going to plant somewhere in South Jacksonville and be somewhere probably between the river and the beach. Um, we like water, and so that like worked out great. And uh, you know, we had this idea as we began to think about this coast that we'd use an anchor, which is something that the early church used as kind of a symbol of hope. They'd wear it when it was just there in high persecution. They would wear an anchor on their shirt. The cross was in it, and it was a safety. They'd put it on their homes, and people would know that as a place of refuge that I can run. I see a person walking with an anchor. I'm like, those are my people. You know what I mean? It was a sense of safety and hope and refuge that it represented. But as we began to explore this, this meaning uh, a fathom, we found that it really meant depth. And they used it in nautical terms and with, with the Navy. You know, some of you, some of you in the house may be in the Navy uh, or been around it. And, and fathom is, uh, is a measurement. It's a term of measurement for depth. And so before there were, you know, before there were like this sonar stuff and all these very technological things on boats, they used rope. They didn't stick a tape measure down, down to the bottom of the ocean. They'd take a rope and they'd just stretch it out and it was about six feet and they would just send it down and it was a measuring stick for the depth. And many times for me, like when we just talk about what we were just talking about, understanding the church, that I've always wanted just that depth there. And some of us, we get satisfied with just surface-level relationships. We get satisfied with just surface-level relationship with Jesus, right? Now I lay me down to sleep prayers and not any honest prayers. We get satisfied with just coming in, doing a few songs, and hearing a good message, and then walking out a little bit encouraged. And the depth of our faith and our walk is not always there. And sometimes um, on the outside, the measuring stick, we might think that everything's going well, like, you know, I know when I was a kid, like, Sunday school attendance, like, we're keeping Sunday school attendance, right? You guys probably got a gold star for Sunday school attendance. It was all about the works, and it was all about, you know, just keeping that, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, we keep attendance of our kids, too, so <laughs> nothing wrong with that, um, but there's this depth that God wanted to bring into your life and my life that he wanted to go deeper with us, and, um, as we begin to explore this, this depth, I, I know that, that God was bringing and, and asking me a very deep question that I want to ask you this morning. And I, I would carry a microphone, but it, it's a tough one, so I'm not going to carry a microphone around. And it's this question, what is success? What is success in your life? It's a tough question, right? Like, immediately it's like, uh, I don't think about that a lot. Like, what, what is success for you as a human being? Take a little further. As a child of God, most of the time what we begin to go into are some th- stuff and, like, things, fully funding our Roth IRA, like, I'm being successful, I'm putting away for the future. You know, many of us as parents would say, raising my kids to love Jesus. Like, those are all very good things. Like, there's all these good things that would come to mind, but how do we define success because otherwise how do we know how we're doing right if we don't even have like a definition for success how do we do that and so we begin to ask ourselves that question the same thing about church and many times when we look at what is success for a church like we begin to name off 
some different things, and because um, you, you guys, we, we teach it a lot, and you guys are, are with us a lot, you kind of understand kind of that we kind of look at things a little bit differently on that, that front. Uh, and sometimes the tangible things, the things that we look at are indicators of, of thing, other things going on, good or bad, good or bad. Um, but sometimes they're not. And I think the important thing that we must do as a church and as individuals is we must measure our lives. We must measure our, our, our growth and our health the way that God measures our growth and our health. Not as man measures growth and health. We must measure as God measures. This is vitally important or else we will grow our church to have 1,000, 2,000, 50 campuses and, and we'll be like so proud of ourselves and, and if there is not an essence of us being faithful to the mission that he's called us to be and there is, is not this sense of deep relationship and encounter with God, then, then we'll have, have been really proud of ourselves and men would applaud us but God would, would be saddened. Um, by the way that we've been unfaithful to the, the few things that he's asked us to do and to be faithful with in loving him and loving others. I mean, he summed it all up on that, right? And he said, everything else hangs on these two. And so it's very important as a church that we measure as God measures. And so that means not always being caught up in what we see. Like, isn't that what faith is? Isn't, isn't that what the foundation of this whole thing is all about is faith? Um, and so I'll tell you, in seasons we've been growing, I've been the most nervous sometimes, right? Because I, I know some unhealthy things are taking place, right? Uh, or seasons in which people have left our church, and, and some of you are like, oh my gosh, what's up with that? Why'd they leave? Like, we love them and whatever. And after that, and I'm not pointing out anybody, so don't be assuming that. I'm just saying as a whole, we've been alive for like three years I found that even sometimes after some of that happens, like, and it has nothing to do with those people, but our church just gets healthier. God's like, I need to get in and do some stuff, and our church gets healthier after that. So, so we can't always go by what we see. It's about being faithful to who God's called us to be and being faithful as individuals and walking in that. So we must measure as God asks us to measure. And that part of who we were was not only to help people understand, but to bring that depth. And that, that's part of that understanding. Look at Matthew chapter 13 with me for just a few verses. And actually, one of our groups is going to be launched here uh, next, uh, here in a week, week and a half. And this is kind of the principal statement about what that whole group is about. I'll talk to you more about that in a few minutes. So, uh, Jesus had shared this parable about seed being scattered, right? And some falling on, on fresh soil, and then others falling on rocks, and then weeds choking it out. You guys might have heard this one. And so Jesus, go, they're like, I still don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. Thanks for making things simpler with the parable. I don't understand. And Jesus is like, listen to, uh, then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they, own, they last only a short time. Sometimes when we wonder, like what's going on, on in, in the life of someone, that man, we just saw them receive the message of God, we saw them weep in this place, we saw God doing a fresh work, and then all of a sudden, like what happened? Where did they go? Like what happened? Like they were just full of life and joy. What happened? There was no root. They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it 
unfruitful. This is a big part of who God's called us to be, to set foundations. And some of you in this room, like maybe you've even kind of figured out, you're just trying to figure out kind of how this whole relationship with the church goes. But here's what I really believe that some of you in this house, God wants to just take you deeper. And like you've been one to kind of throw yourself in a bed of a church for a little bit, but you never let the roots get down. Right, you, you come for a weekend or two, but you never let the, the roots get down. You never get in community. You never get into the word. You, you never really open your heart and get honest with God. You just kind of do the religious thing. God wants you to plant roots and foundations in the word of God and in his body. And I believe that's part of what he's doing in this season, in our life, and our life as a church. So I believe 2016 is going to be a big year for understanding and setting roots in our faith. You guys excited about that? Yes, amen. All right, let's continue on. Let me hit the last one, and I'm just going to share of how we're fulfilling this mission in the life of our church right now. Not even like future stuff, right now, and how God's going to continue to do it. The third thing is witness. The one thing about this, that as I, the last thing I was kind of just deeper and deeper research into this word fathom, so I learned about this kind of measuring stick, and that's how they would do depths, right? But then I learned that in Old English, the literal translation of the word fathom was outstretched arms. And that blew me away. I was like, yes, we are fathom. Like, that is so powerful because that's how they'd measure the rope, right? They'd just stretch it out. It was about a man's arms, about six feet, so that was a fathom. And the literal translation was outstretched arms. He said, yes, God. It is every time someone asks us about our name, we point to the cross. We want to know who we are. We're, we're pointers to the cross. You want to know what our church is about? It's about pointing people to Jesus and letting God do work in their life. Like that, that is who, who we are and that is how he has branded us to bring understanding of what the body of Christ is all about, to be, bring depth and roots to the faith that he has given us, not we as a church have done, but what Jesus has done. And then for us to, to boldly declare the message of God that he outstretched his arms for you and me, and then we begin to live on mission in that, and we outstretch our arms to the community and to the city that he has planted us in. And so that one just rocked me, and I'm like, yes, God, that is who we are. This is the most in-depth I've ever unpacked our name, um, but it, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal that God has called us to just be witnesses of what he's done and pointing people to, to the cross, and we want to continue to faithfully do that. In this setting, and, and in this setting, if we do that, but somehow as individuals, we don't learn to constantly point people, people to Jesus in the city. We as a church may have been faithful, but somehow in your life, you might have been unfaithful with the relationships God's called you to steward. And I'm not all about there going out and throwing out tracks and all that stuff. I'm about relationships and walking with people the long term and just discipling our mission for all of you know it, it's Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go make disciples of all nations. That is who we are. That is how God has called us to be, what he's called us to do. That's the, the mission that Jesus gave the church. We didn't come up with anything new. It's who God has called us to be. So I'm going to kind of switch gears. You guys excited? Isn't that cool? I mean, isn't that cool how God has just branded us? I know that just in this house, you've probably find yourself just connected and that just resonating with so many of your hearts. Sometimes you wonder, why well, I'm here. What's going on? Uh, it's for a reason. Uh, and so I'm going to kind of switch gears and just begin to unpack just how we're fulfilling this mission uh, as a church. And I'm going to be brief in this section. So if I start talking fast, can you guys track with me? 
All right, I'm going to try to be respectful of your time today. First way we feel like this is really important, we redid our DNA sessions about five months ago. Our DNA sessions happen on Sundays from 3 to 5 p.m., and really just the first Sunday of every month. We're actually doing it today. So if you haven't been to DNA sessions, we'd love for you to be there today. It's really important. Um, it really just unpacks, first hour is just us unpacking our DNA as a church, what we believe, really just teaching the scriptures on what we believe, teaching, um, just uh, telling you our story of just kind of some of the early beginnings of what God was doing as we just met in our home um, with a few that God had drawn to us at that time. And, and so we just kind of spent some time sharing our DNA as a church, our core mission and, 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 and values. And then we kind of flip the, the, the story and just ask you to tell your story. And we get to know you and we help you unpack like what God's doing in your life right now and how he's gifted you and, and why he's brought you into this body uh, and so that's DNA Sessions. We'd love for you to be there. Even if you went to it like two years ago, I would love for you to come back to it today um, or the next one on the first of March, uh, that first weekend of March, um, and just get you plugged in and, and just excited about what God's doing here. It's, it's, we've completely reinvented it. It's way better than what it used to be. Uh, secondly is our anchor groups. Our anchor groups, and right now Belinda's going to help us um, by passing out some things um, today uh, about our anchor groups. And I'd love for you to uh, to, to take these and look at these. I want to tell you a little, ba- little bit about our, an- our anchor groups. Over the, the past, uh, really the fall um, and the summer of last year, we decided to bring our anchor groups together in one house instead of being in houses all over the, the, the city. Felt like it was necessary to bring us together in one house to unify the body. And so we did men's discipleship groups, we did women's discipleship groups, and we really saw some really cool unifying um, things and teaching that God was really setting those roots and those foundations. Um, but I believe in this season, it was really important for us to get our groups back in the home. There's no more intimate place in our lives than, besides the bedroom, um, than the living room and, and the kitchen table. Those are not everybody gets to sit and enjoy that time, and it, it just lends itself to transparency and honesty and intimacy and relationships. And so next Sunday, we are launching our anchor groups again for this spring season. For those of you that don't know, we do it in kind of three seasons of the year. We do, you kind of see the dates on there. We'll do like a summer session that'll look completely different, and then our fall session will look very similar to what our spring one uh, will in homes and, and in that way. So uh, we've got four groups uh, launching um, this coming um, anchor group season, and uh, we're, two of those will be walking through the uh, Book of James study with Francis Chan. Uh, that's going to be great. There's one in kind of North St. John's, and there's one here in, in Mandarin. Uh, if there are some people that yours doesn't fall into, what I'd love for you to do is check that, fill in like what's going on, and drop that in that bucket, the offering bucket in the back. Drop that in there as you go. It helps us serve you better helps us get you connected. You can fill in your name. If you've just got a comment and you want to leave it anonymous, do that as well. We want to know how to serve you best in our groups and get you connected, okay? So we'd love for you to fill that out here just the last kind of few minutes of the service and then drop that in there. So we've got two groups doing that. Uh, Kim, wave your hand. Woo. Kim's doing one. Will, wait, wave your hand. He's doing one. And then Chris and Alex are doing a completely different group that's called Roots. That's really going to be taking a lot of the things that we talk about, not the band Roots, but like the... <laughs> the anchor group roots. Um, but if you love the roots, you love that group too. Um, so we're going to be um, diving into just kind of foundations of our faith. 
right? Some of us kind of go years and years of not knowing the foundations of our faith. So again, that's the one that's based out of that text of understanding that depth of that. That's going to be happening on Fridays coming up. Again, not this Friday, but the following Friday. And then uh, Jody, is it Jody? Right? Jody's, re- is it the, the, stu- the middle school one? The middle school one. Is that right? So Jody's actually leading a, uh, a students group, a middle school group on Saturday nights. Uh, uh, young right here, wave your hand, uh, with the Korean church that they start next week. They start next week. Uh, Going to be launching the students group this Saturday as well here in this place. So that's really cool. If you are our middle or high school student, there's a lot of you in the room. And so y'all get connected to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're just excited to watch God do things as we just bind together with other churches to just watch God do some cool things in the life of our students. So we're excited about what that's going to come. We're going to kick those groups off with a cool Super Bowl party next Sunday night at Will and Catherine's house down here in Mandarin. So we'd love for you to be a part of it. It's going to be fun. You'll see an invite on that RSVP for that. Please bring some food, please. All right, so that's anchor groups. Um, Thirdly, serve teams. Um, you, most of you know what serve teams are. We've seen a lot of growth in, in different areas in the past season in our church of people getting plugged in and make, if you love Fathom, if you love what God's doing here, we need you to get plugged in. Uh, there are areas in which people are carrying too heavy of a load because we don't have enough people stepping up to help carry it. And so uh, if you're not serving somewhere, if you're not connected somewhere, we'd love to get you connected. You can just check, join a serve team. You can come to DNA sessions. Any way we can help figure that out. A couple of places that we, we, we genuinely need um, you to pray about being a part of if you're not plugged in somewhere is in our nursery, uh, is in our kids department, and is in our production. You guys, give me a fist pound, an air fist pound. Wait a second. Yeah, that, that works. That works. Um, um, so we need, we need folks getting connected in lots of places, our connect and first impressions, our worship department, everywhere. We'd love to get you plugged in wherever God's moving in your life and has called you and given you giftings. So join a serve team. That's part of how we're fulfilling the mission. Um, let me tell you about a couple message series coming up. Um, sometimes God just changes them on a dime. I, that happens sometimes. Like, we're going somewhere, and then God's like, you're going here. I'm like, all right, bro, we'll do it. <laughs> and then, um, so the next three months, here's what God's doing. Beginning next week, we're starting a new series called Life in Circles. Uh, it's a, a new message series we've got going on uh, about relationships that God has called us to walk. So as we're launching our anchor groups, we're going to kind of unpack that on the weekends and just help us dig into how this is God's designed for us to be in community and to do life in circles, not, not rows, as we're in right now. After that, we're going to do uh, a series called Life, Money, Hope, uh, principles of, of Dave Ramsey, and more than importantly, uh, principles from the Word of God um, that teach us to steward well what God has given us. And some of us, money is just an, uh, a rough place for us. And so we're going to jump into this series called Life, money, hope, and uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do in that, in our finances. Anybody, I'm not going to ask you, but I think we could all use a little help in our finances. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to pray just the breaking of the, the burden of debt in our life. We're going to be unpacking that and uh, what, the, what the Word says about that. And then, right after Easter, we're going to launch into a series called Elephant in the Family Room. Elephant in the Family Room. Some things that we don't talk about, but that need to get talked about. Um, and so we're going to help you unpack some of those things. Another one I'm excited about, we don't have a graphic for it yet, but uh, doing one called The Garden that's just looking at original sin, that's looking at creation, looking at marriage. It's going to be a really cool series later in the year. Lots of more stuff ahead, but lots of things that I, I believe if we'll just dive in and commit ourselves to being here and being present, God's going to do some deep, big things in our lives, so let's, let's do it together. Finally, I'm going to end. The band's going to come, and they're going to help speed me up, and... Um, and I just want to share with you, 
and celebrate what God's been doing in our church through church planning and through missions locally and globally. I just want to celebrate it, right? Sometimes we're just like all about adding a bunch of new things, and uh, sometimes we just don't celebrate what God's been doing, what he's already doing. First thing, last week, you guys were so generous and gave over a thousand bucks to a new church plant. Give it up for yourself. That's great. Like, over a thousand bucks, that was awesome. I was really, uh, he was blown away. Like, we was really blessed, um, Pastor Jason Harris over at Leverage Church. They just launched last Sunday, and they were just almost in tears on the phone because uh, it's, it's a hard labor to plant a church, and as God calls you to do that. So, um, again, we've connected with the Association of Related Churches and we're just pouring into church planting every single month. Sometimes it's like, where's our money going? Here's one place it's going is to plant more churches. Amen? Right? Life-giving churches, not just planting dead churches, but they have like a 97, 98% like success rate. These churches are surviving and doing well. And so we want to uh, bless what God's using in a really awesome way. And so um, I'm just really proud for what God's doing in our church. So, so that, and on the church planting level, that's just the, some of the things that God's doing here. Uh, Emmanuel Orphanage, I just uh, left with uh, Christina and Amanda and Kim, just talked to them in the fellowship thing. And it's like a, a year ago, we were in Kenya for our first mission trip there, supporting Pastor Ismail Wakongo and the Emmanuel Orphanage. This building, you've supported with thousands and thousands of dollars, literally, I don't even know how, many, how much money right now. A lot of money that's gone to help fund this. Every single month, you, through your giving, through your generosity, take care of an entire girl's apartment rent, like, which is not a crazy amount of money, but it's, it's faithfulness on our part to bless and to encourage. They, they house 21 or 22 kids right now, about half and half, boys and girls. That, that building will house 85 children that have been rescued off the street, and you've, you've, you're a big part of that. They constantly are just the work God's doing in Kenya, like, I'm, I'm just going to be blown away with over the next 10 years what God does in it. I'm just serious. God's opened more doors in Africa for us. I'm just, it's, I'm serious. Like, it's crazy. Like, it won't be long. We'll probably be going to South Africa, another part of Kenya, of this village tribe that have literally said, God sent us to you, disciple us. And I was like, what? <laughs> they didn't have Bibles. They didn't even have Bibles. And so we found whatever language I'd never heard of. And like, God's going to use us there, and it's really cool. I don't get to talk about it enough. Um, they're going out and just feeding the poor, and so as we just pour in and take other things, they're able to just be on the ground and pour in as they stress less about rent. All right, so let's continue to do that. God's going to enable us to do more uh, through our faithfulness. So that's one place that God's been blowing our mind. We've been really excited about. Hopefully, we'll be having a new trip announced here in the, in the, in the next month or so. Um, not only in, in Kenya, but in Cambodia. You guys know, so many, so many of you have labored through our Buy a Tree project, People for Care and Learning, we partnered with. I went there a couple years ago at this time and, and got to see it. And they were doing this project called the Build a City Project. Go to that next slide. Because this is what the people were living in, complete gray water, and these are their homes, and they'd flood, and it would flood up into their homes, and they would live. That's why their houses were lifted up, because they just, they used the bathroom right there on that, that culvert there. That's what they lived in. And you, through your generosity, along with people all over the world, partnered together to give people who had never owned a deed in their, in their life, they built an entire city for refugees that they no longer live in gray water, all the plumbing and sewage, they have a school and a market and playgrounds that are, that are being built. 
literally, that's about five apartments there that you as a church literally paid for and handed someone a deed to a home. People that would literally in their life never even dream or hope for that. You did that through your generosity. So if you wonder ever where it's going, these are the things we partnered together to do. I've been thrilled about that. Isn't that exciting stuff? It's just cool to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, and, then, and then finally, um, I think there's a finally. Yeah. Those are some of the things that's happening globally and still more to come to be announced. Right here in our city, we've been faithful. Like we've been all about building relationships and watching God do things over time, being faithful in those things. You've participated in events like Here for Good that families have come in and been baptized because of your faithfulness to just show up at a laundromat and give people quarters or to show up at a high school or to go downtown and feed the homeless. Like whatever it might be, we've seen God do incredible things through that. We've partnered with Mandarin High School and just pouring into their teachers several times a year, pouring into their property around districts and different things that you guys have helped fund, just feeding the teachers to say, have an amazing year at school this year. You guys have, have been a part of, of doing that. We've partnered with World Relief Jacks here this past Christmas. And families that are new to the United States, we've just said, hey, we want to tell you about Christmas. We want to sit down. And you guys have gone there. You've funded that. You've helped bring supplies to those type of things. Buy a tree a year ago, we partnered with the Baselli Foundation. Now we're continuing to give finances there, but they do after-school programs in high-risk areas, and they bring partnerships. And, and literally every single one of these places are places you can get involved to continue to make a difference in our city. One thing I've always said is it would be just a crying shame if one day we all cease to exist and fathom cease to exist. That's never going to happen. But if that ever happened, it would be the worst day in history, not because we closed, but if we had not made an impact in this city where people missed us. And I'm proud to say that like, I believe that people would miss us. They know who we are and they know what we stand for and they know that our heart is to love people, to invite them into the family of God, to serve them and to watch God do a new work in their life which is our fourth core value, creativity. It's not our creativity. It's about a God who's not finished yet. He's not finished with you, and he's not finished with you. He's not finished with me, and he's not finished with us. He, he stands outside of time. So when we think he's dragging his feet, he doesn't operate in our times. So I want you to rest in that truth that God's not finished in your life. He's not finished in us. But I'm gonna invite you to be a part of the journey of 2016 and what God's gonna do. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Kim's going to come and invite us to the table today after I pray. And then um, we're going to worship and, and have an opportunity to give today. Let's pray. God, thank you. Man, what an overwhelming thought, God, that just years ago that um, we had no identity. Just a couple of young kids who you'd called out to this great big mission. And we, had, we were waiting to be branded by you, God. We didn't know anybody in this house but God, you've drawn us all together to this kingdom work to unify your body, to make this city a better place, to bring heaven on earth, God. I pray right now, God, in this coming time, that this coming year, God, that we would plant roots, we would understand in the depths of our spirit what the church is about. We'd go deeper in our faith, plant roots, and be witnesses to the cross and to share your love and grace across this city. 
That's our prayer, God. In Christ's name.